G'day everyone, this is episode 12 of AT3 and we are your Aussie Top 3. My name is Greg, your Captain Boomerang, and once again I'm joined by my fellow Aussie, little Sherby Stacey Herbert. How are you, Stacey? I'm good, how are you? I'm, I'm good, uh, but for the first time ever we are without our stinger, Steve Ray. His uh, life has gotten in the way and so we may be Aussie Top 3 less, but... Unlike some, we won't demand a recount because waiting in the wings to keep our Freebirds rule and maintain the Aussie Top 3 mantra. She was on episode four, our greatest rivalries show. Uh, returning to Aussie Top 3, you might know her as Holy Batgirl on Twitter. Welcome back to Melissa. Hello. How are you? Good, good. How has the world been treating you since you were on our show last I feel like a lot has happened since I think it was June I was last on. So wow. uh, a lot and nothing at the same time. Mm, a lot has happened since June. That's right. Especially in Victoria. Something, it feels like something big. I just can't put my finger on it. Mm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Not sure what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and as Stacey was hinting at as well, we've also been locked down in Victoria. Mm. So um we've had we've had that to contend with so Mm -hmm. um it kind of feels like groundhog day every day yeah um i was shocked that it was actually june that i was last on the show uh it felt like a couple of weeks ago so um but i've been good cool all right well like you said this is episode 12 and for this episode we are choosing our top three underrated female performers from the world of wrestling and or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so as per usual, we go ladies first, which is going to be easy on this show. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Mel, since you're our guest, do you want to kick things off and uh, let us know who you've got to open the show with? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd be happy to. So uh, the first one that I picked uh, was probably the first um, female wrestler that came to my mind, and that was Ivory. Um. So Ivory uh, was, you know, in the WWE in about 1999 onwards. And I know that she was women's champion and did have a decent run wrestling-wise, but I do have a few good reasons why I feel like she was underrated. So, um, you know, before she was hired by the WWE, she was already a really accomplished veteran wrestler and she'd um, spent a lot of the 80s in GLOW. And in the 90s, she was um, really doing the independent circuit during that time. But I suppose to set the scene a little bit, um, before Ivory was hired by the WWE, most of the women be- uh, that came before her were really portrayed as not much more than sexual objects. So um, you had Deborah, Sable, Tori, and Jacqueline. But to be fair, I actually think Jacqueline is incredibly talented. Yeah. But um, And she almost made my list. But I do think the WWE really tried to push the sexual aspect with her. Um, so I, I don't know. I think with uh, Ivory, she was obviously incredibly gorgeous, but it was always very well known with her that it was wrestling first and look second. Um, and she was really good on the mic as well. She was like the complete package. Um The reasons I think she's underrated, I've got three. So the first one is that, you know, I kind of feel in a way that Ivory was um, the gateway drug in a way for Vince to realise that females can legitimately wrestle and might actually be a bit of a draw card for the business. Um, 
so when they hired Ivory, I don't, I don't think it was a coincidence, but within the next 12 months, you had other female wrestlers hired. So Trish, Lita, Molly, Holly all made their debut in the WWE. And I think Ivory, in some respects, was the litmus test for Vince to see if this would work. Um, the thing the thing that really got me was I think they did Ivory a bit dirty. So she lost her women's championship in 99, so not long after she came in, to a 76-year-old fabulous Moolah mm. at the time, which was an absolute joke. <laughs> um, yep. I don't know if you remember it, but it was a short match because I think it needed to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Mae Young was involved as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't know. After that shit show, I think Ivory went on to hold the belt twice more, so I think she did have a bit of a redemption. But I just... I just think it was just a weird time in the WWE and she didn't really get her chance to shine in the way that she would have now. Um, And Ivory was also one of those females who went on to train a lot of up-and-coming talent in the early 2000s. And she was even one of the trainer in um, that Tough Enough show when that was a thing. Um, So I think she really helped build and shape the next generation of female wrestlers that came through at the time. But I don't know that she gets nearly as much um, glory as Lita and Trish and other divas around that time get. So for that reason, I think she's she's my number one pick for underrated uh, women's perf- performers. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think um, Ivory was a massive asset to the women's division for such a long time. Um, in the early days and she kind of just got lost in the shuffle between mm. I guess when divas were just seen for their looks back in like the Sable and Jacqueline days to mm. when sort of Trish and Lita came in and became more prominent in the division and then you know the looks were still a thing because they still had um like people like Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler with their yeah. panties matches. Yeah. But there was a bit more of a shift to focus on the wrestling, especially when it comes to like Trish and Lita mm-hmm. and what they were doing at the time. But yeah, it's really disappointing um, that she, it doesn't feel right to say she never got a chance because like she did hold the mm-hmm. title, but yeah, they, they certainly didn't, give her enough to work with and yeah. I don't think yeah I don't think they gave her the opportunity that she deserved to shine and really show that what she was capable of yeah yeah I agree she was uh you could almost say she was kind of a victim of the fact that like yeah she she could wrestle and and you know that she wasn't just the typical Barbie doll kind of thing but uh, she was almost on her own, so mm-hmm. you couldn't sort of have a great wrestling feud with Ivory and anyone else really yeah. at the time yeah. because they were, you know, even Trish wasn't the wrestler we remember her to be <laughs> early on. You know, she was literally like just the not just the manager, but she wasn't. I mean, just the manager in the sense that she wasn't a wrestler. Uh, so, and, and I mean, from where Trish started. To where she finished was like night and day so yeah, yeah um i think if you were looking to you know do the weird science <laughs> create a woman to be a wrestler <laughs> i think trish stratus is what you would probably hope to get you know um mm. can talk on the mic 
looks good, can wrestle, you know, can be heel or face, like the whole package. The same as you would with a guy. Like, they've got to be able to talk. These days, you've got to be able to wrestle. And let's face it, they got to look good. You know, not everyone can be Otis. You know, know, they've got to, like, Cena and Triple H and Randy Mm -hmm. Orton and these guys, you know, they're all carved out of stone um, and and other supplements. But (laughs) I think Ivory was kind of in that weird, like, ahead of her time because there wasn't anyone else for her except for, like, Jackal and things like that. But then they were both more of a natural heel character so yeah i don't think you could really have a great feud with the two of them you know a long-term kind of thing like like yeah, you could right. with um trish and leader where they would kind of uh have long-term feuds and then you'd see them again six months later and they've flipped one's a heel and the other one's a face now so yeah they yep. have the completely different feud and things like that Mm, yeah. But yeah, it, it does. I, I know what you mean, Mel, because it does feel weird to be like, oh, Ivory's underrated when like she's in mm. the Hall of Fame. But I yeah, mean, that's right. <laughs> it's not. It it did almost seem to be like, well, who's left mm-hmm. uh, when they chose her? You know, and and yeah. not not because of her lack of talent or anything like that, but it did. That's how it felt to me. It was like, well. Who's left? Uh, yeah, she's a bit of an ivory? afterthought yeah. for her for the time. You know, yeah. when you look at all of the other females that were in that division at that time when she first came on, or at, you know, there were women being put into the Hall of Fame who started after her, and you know, in that respect, I do think she's a bit of an afterthought. And even when you ask people who their favorite wrestler growing up is, and you know, I'm guilty of it as well. Is I wouldn't say Ivory first, no. and I. And I think when, you know, I was looking at watching a lot of her matches um, over the last few days to just sort of, um, I guess, shorten my list. And um, Ivory really, like, she really had that veteran skill and she was really quite, like, she was a really good wrestler. She was Mm. really skilled. And I just think that um, because she perhaps didn't have the same assets as Trish or, you know, um, didn't look like Stacey Keebler or Tori Wilson or yeah. one of those types of women. I just I just feel like, and she was a bit older as well, keeping mind. I was going to say, and she was a little bit older to start yeah, with. Yeah, she might have been, I could be wrong, but, you know, she had a wrestling career in the 80s. She, she may have been in her 40s even mm. by the time she was in the WWE. And so I feel like she kind of, she she just didn't get the same fan base that the others got. And you know, she contributed so much. When you have a look at her career, she actually did so much. And, um, you know, yeah, she, she's in the Hall of Fame as of um, a couple of years ago, but, you know, she, she's been um, retired for many years and they had a lot of opportunities. She was born in 1961. Yeah. Man. So in 1999 she was, what, 38? So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah which is not old, but. no. To be turning up on the scene and go, hey, who's this new upstart? Oh, yeah, yeah. sit down, Grandma, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so messed up kind of the way that they used to book certain women back then because yeah. it's very clear to everyone that Vince had a type and it was blonde yeah. with, you know, assets. <laughs> yeah. And anyone who didn't fit that type was kind of booked as a heel or an ugly duck duckling have you will like yeah you could have like, like one you could have like one wholesome princess kind of thing like yeah. an Elizabeth or yeah. something. you know what I mean like whereas 
Elizabeth was was gorgeous too, but she wasn't the big plastic bimbo, you know, like. Yeah. But mm. she was like, oh, she. But she's the good girl, you the know. The girl like, next door. You want to yeah. you want to protect her, you know. You want to take her home to mum. It's not like mm. oh yeah, you know. Whereas Trish and Tori and all that, it was all the guys, you know. That in '99, you know, I was 20, so you know we're all there, <laughs> like wow, wow, look at her, you know. But <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, what do you want the show to be? It's the you know. So at mm-hmm. the time. That's what the show was, whereas yeah. now the show is like, well, no, it's wrestling now, fellas. Yeah. Like, if you want, you know, tits and ass, there's Pornhub and whatever else. Like, yeah. it's, that's not what <laughs> wrestling is. didn't have it is. back then. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's not what wrestling is, you know. So yeah. I still uh, think, now, so, yeah. like, it's messed up, like, how long that went on for, though, because yeah. even I can't even pick kind of the year, but when like um, Michelle McCall was like in her heyday mm-hmm. um, and holding the Divas Championship, like they used to call Mickey James Piggy James. And like yeah. she's a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. doesn't have like an ounce of fat on her. And I know that was just a part of their gimmick. They were like mean girls, but mm. yeah, it's just messed up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't think it's changed all that much, but I mean, yeah. it has evolved in some respects, but also uh, in many others, we've still got we've still got uh, a lot Long of things to, to improve on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think when they they almost like from Vince McMahon's point of view, they almost kind of shot themselves in the foot or painted themselves in a corner when they started doing the NXT women's wrestling. Because yeah. you had like Paige and Emma and mm. Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Bailey and you know all these women who could wrestle and they're like, oh yeah, but let them wrestle on NXT. And then it's like, well, we're gonna need some main roster stars pretty soon. And so then it was like, oh, all right, let's let's do the women's revolution gimmick type of thing. Oh, yeah. But then it's like, well, you can't go back now. Like you can't go mm-hmm. back to just having. The, the bra and panties matches and stuff because at yeah. this point, I mean, don't get me wrong, there'll be plenty of guys in the audience being like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how it should be, you know. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to complain about it. But <laughs> of course not. <laughs> you're not going to sit there and go, what a great match. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think when you include so many, like women's wrestling being taken seriously was the inclusivity of female wrestling fans. And yeah. I don't know for Stacey and I, like, for instance, and certainly many other females as well, we were wrestling fans long before, like, all of that happened anyways. But I think um, but I think making it, uh, putting females on the same sort of um, level as men in terms of taking them seriously and looking at them as legitimate wrestlers just makes it more appealing for men and women to enjoy wrestling and um and so while I don't think men will ever complain at a bra and panties match and to be fair like I think women kind of roll their eyes and expect it like they're kind of like yeah it is what it is um I think it I think it is to the exclusion of some so oh for sure yeah I don't yeah I think to your point I don't think after doing something like you know evolution they can ever go backwards but you know yeah. it's Vince so yeah I <laughs> mean like know. I said it 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 it's kind of like at the at the like in the late nineties, early two thousands with the whole attitude era and stuff, like wrestling was that kind of crash TV format and quote unquote like women's matches weren't really matches. They were just a novelty thing, you know. So yeah. it was like a, a, apart from a couple, you know. And so it was just like, well, here's a chance to get some more eyes on the product, you know, what are young guys like? They like hot they like hot chicks, let's give mm-hmm. them some hot chicks great you know 
Um, whereas now that they're marketing their company as a more of a wrestling company and like you said, a more inclusive uh, to, in their in their eyes, um, inclusive and diverse show, mm. which Vince probably thinks he's woke as, but <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, he's doing the bare minimum, but he's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I think now it's like, well, you can't then suddenly go back to being like, oh, okay, well, I mean, who do they have even that you could do it with, really? Like yeah. all the girls are pretty much. Um, wrestlers really mandy rose yeah yeah i guess mandy rose lana maybe yeah um and but again i think it would just be it would i think even i think you get a lot of the guys as well just being like oh what what, all right yeah yeah not so much of like oh god like let me clutch my pearls i'm so offended (laughs) but just a fact of like why are you wasting my time with this shit like i can see this anywhere i want to watch wrestling you know yeah yeah, so, and I think uh, to bring it back to Ivory, I think yeah, if she had been like, say, she was thirty eight now, she could come in and have great feuds with Bailey and Sasha and Charlotte and all these women, especially Ronda Rousey a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. Becky, you know, uh, and and even and and be that kind of like, oh, you women don't know what it's like. I was. <laughs> you know, when all the guys wanted to just drool on you and, and all that kind of stuff and, and really be that kind of, um, like, pissed-off heel and, like, yes, almost yeah. entitled kind of thing of, like, oh, I, I broke the barriers, I'm going to teach you a lesson kind of yeah. thing, like a gatekeeper kind of thing, you know? She always played a very good heel, like, when she was yeah. in the right to censor, like, she always had something to say and very quick-witted and, you know, would um come after people and... I can't remember what match it was, but she called someone a pack of witches. It was like females in the ring. She's like, you witches. And it was just like, she just had like very quick wit. And, um, you know, she was one of the females who were at the time really well developed on the mic, but I think she just had natural gift of gab. So um, I've seen a couple of interviews with her and uh, she seems pretty smart. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, like generally I think she's going to be, uh, like you said, pretty quick witted. So. Mm. Uh, and back that was back in the day too when it wasn't all scripted for him. So. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, it was scripted, but not go and say my words. Here's a sheet of paper with your promo on it. It was yeah. you talk about this, and I'll talk about that, and we'll just see where it goes. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah. But no, I think I think it's a good pick to to cool. kick things off. Um, yeah, definitely. So okay. then let's move on to our second uh pick for the night and stacy your number one well your first pick i should say not necessarily your number one all right so my first pick is emma um nice. so rep- got to represent i was gonna Aussie. say Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah. No, she, was on my list. she was on my list as well oh, good pick <laughs> nice. yeah um so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that Emma was uh, the first Australian NXT signee, I yeah. think. Um, so it was very exciting for us Australians to see one of us represented <laughs> representing WWE. Um, but, yeah, the reason I think Emma is completely and utterly underrated is despite being given so very little to work with um, (laughs) with her first gimmick with the goofy dancing, Mm. Emma really won over the NXT crowd at the time. Like I think people forget 
how over she was at the time. Um, and she even made it as far as the last match of the tournament to crown the first NXT Women's Champion, where she eventually lost to Paige. Yeah, um, that's right. And... Emma had some absolutely incredible matches with Paige and NXT. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone hasn't seen them, I highly recommend checking them out. And I think she definitely played a, a big part in Paige's kind of rise to superstardom because you need, you need like a great opponent to work with. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, despite all those incredible matches, Emma sadly got lost in the shuffles, uh, the shuffle, whereas her peers were kind of thriving Um and after a small, unsuccessful stint on the main roster, she eventually returned to NXT in 2015, I believe, with a new look and a gimmick overhaul. Um, she turned heel. Mm. Um, she kind of had this new badass look with some, like, aviators and stuff. And it seemed like the perfect overhaul to really give her the push she deserved, um, especially when she was eventually called back up to the main roster again. And they just didn't. Like, yeah. she she was there. Like, she still played a part in the women's division at the time, but she wasn't ever seen as a legitimate threat. And she should have been because she is fucking amazing in the ring. She's incredible. Um, yeah. And, like, what a waste to let a talent like that just, you know, just be hidden. Um, And especially because, you know, Emma came up around the time of, as I said, Paige, um, I mean, Charlotte, Mm -hmm. Becky, Sasha, all these big names that are absolutely thriving right now. And, yeah, Emma got let go. Um, And I think that worked out for the best for her because I'm sure she's able to do what she wants now in the independent circuit. But yeah, it just really kills me that she just never got the opportunity she deserved. And I was just Mm. constantly hanging, you know, that they would treat her right and things would change, but they just never did. Yeah. And, and she's a Melbourne girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am. I actually, I actually knew, um, Tenille back in the day. So, um, without name dropping, <laughs> um, I, I've known her since she was about 16 and she oh, wow. was wrestling at PWA in Melbourne at the time as Valentine. Yeah. And, um, I would be a, a regular at the shows because my ex was on like a wrestler. So, um, so we got to hang out a bit and, and like, she was a really nice girl at the time. And when, whenever we would watch her matches, I remember thinking like compared to some of the other females at the time and in Melbourne, there wasn't many back then, but of the females that I'd seen wrestling at the time, like she was well and truly the best. And she had this heel gimmick at the time. Uh, she had like this cheerleader Valentine gimmick her name was valentine she had a a cheerleader gimmick and she was the biggest heel i think i'd ever seen and sitting front row in in the crowd watching she would lock eyes with you and she'd give you the most intense stare down and she'd come over and she'd give you a mouthful in front of everybody for no reason and i was legitimately scared of her (laughs) i was i really didn't want her to sort of um target me at the shows um she was always super talented and um to see her get the contract in WWE was really exciting. And um, I, I 
completely wholeheartedly agree with what you've said, Stacey, about, you know, she got given a, a pretty raw deal in terms of gimmick. Um, you know, I always felt like the WWE didn't quite know what to do with her. I yeah. think she had in total three, two and a half gimmicks, if you count the one that they were trying to push at the end with Emelina. Uh, yeah. Which kind of never happened. But um, yeah. What I had heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I'll put it out there, but I had heard at the time um, that they were trying to make Emelina this character that was really similar to the cat or Sable. Mm. Um, so they were, you know, trying to really sexualise her and really focus on her looks. And um, it came down to, and this is the rumour, that Kevin Dunn um, doesn't like Aussie accents and really didn't want her to speak. Um, so I think they were looking at more of a physical gimmick as opposed to one where she got on the mic as much. But I don't know if that's true. That's just what I've heard. Um, I had heard as well that a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that they had kind of chosen her for the role and then as they were kind of rehearsing it and practising it and all that kind of stuff, she just isn't quite charismatic enough to pull yeah. off what they wanted. Yeah. Uh, like that Sable kind of character and stuff, which, yeah. you know, she was fine on the mic and stuff, but not really high in the charisma and kind of yeah. superstar. Like, uh, you know, I guess they were looking for more of like a Trish or Sable or yeah, yeah even Lana, like a, and not in the, not in the, like the looks department and just being like the, the hot chick, but that kind of, like obviously that they want, or even like a Lacey Evans type. Yeah, think, that's where right. Yeah, she can at least talk and and look at me. I'm this beautiful woman, and you're nothing. You pieces of shit. You know, like that kind of thing. Whereas I don't think she could quite pull that off. So I agree. I think that her mic um, spots were definitely her weakest point. Yeah. I often look at um, you know when when a lot of the talent are on the mic there's this there's an air of suspension of disbelief where you know that it's you know you know what it's all about yeah. but at the same time you can kind of believe the character at the time like you're not distracted by it whereas sometimes with Emma what would happen is you would be really um distracted by the way she would say things and yeah. then you'd sort of be pulled out of the moment thinking oh okay she's having some issues delivering these lines um and so I I did find that a bit with her but I, th I think what she could make up for with not very strong mics, like a uh, mic work was the ability to like her wrestling is so solid. And, um, and you said it, Stacey, but she, she's wrestled Bailey, Paige, Asuka, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, um, Becky Lynch, uh, Alicia Fox, Dana Brooks, like she's, she's yeah. wrestled them all and she's yeah. had exceptional matches. Um, and, you know, for some of these wrestlers that are quite weak on the mic, that's what managers tend to be for. But yeah. <laughs> I just I think they got lost. I think they just really didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. Emelina, like it's the worst <laughs> possible gimmick you can give someone like her. Like it's not even a name. Like no. it's, <laughs> it's no. a you know, like... beautiful woman, like Gorgeous. she is, but like that's not what she's about. Yeah. You know? And that like sure like there's some people that could take that and roll with it but you know like not everyone can and you can't really yeah. hold that against her because it goes against her nature and yeah. um yeah just complete wrong fit for her they'd have to have done like a i think the way they could have pulled it off would have been somewhere like 
she is that uh like wannabe socialite kind of thing but really she's just trash you know like yeah. if, if as a heel character kind of thing so yeah she gets yeah. she's got the clothes she's got the car she's got you know the guys chasing her and she tries to be that like oh yes look at me i'm you know mm. i'm like the mean girls kind of thing and like oh shut up and all that kind of shit and then and then when she loses a shit, she's like, oh, what are you fucking doing? You know, like just the <laughs> full Aussie shit, like losing her mind. And like, oh, no, I've been found out. Like this is what I'm really like kind of thing. <laughs> so you would then get that heel reaction of like, oh, you're not upper class. You're not, yeah. you know, better than me, boo. Like you're just yeah. some, you know, bitch from Australia, boo, foreigner, you know, that kind of thing. It so, already sounds like a better gimmick than what they gave her with. Yeah. Like and also Emma, like. Emma is like, you may as well just call her Jane. Like, yeah, you know, like bland name. Yeah, like sorry to the Emmas out there, but like, (laughs) I mean, for for a wrestler though, you know, like we were talking about pro wrestlers, like you need to have like a charismatic, you know, a a name that's catchy or different or unique. And and yeah, they really kind of they did it wrong, I think. Yeah, and I honestly think her gimmick was perfect the way it was. Like, I think when she turned heel and she yes. really like changed and embraced her look like she looked far more intimidating and like she was great. that side of Emma that you saw back in Melbourne you know yeah and yeah she's I think, such a good heel yeah I think she was really like like getting into that and I think yeah. it was such a big mistake to change it yeah so if, I was, if I was to bring her back now just as we've been talking about it I'd bring her back in that kind of ice cold doesn't talk a lot, you know, just heal character. Yes. And she would be basically the sort of, I don't want to say stone cold because I don't mean like Austin, I just mean (laughs) like that stone cold killer type of character. Doesn't say a lot, all business. And she would have the Iconics as her minions. Oh, yes. That would be amazing. So then you would have like these two shitless layabout idiots as like go do my bidding because I'm the smart quiet one you know and yeah. like so if emma gets in the ring you're in trouble because now she's gonna get like you know don't make me get up out of this chair like that she's kind of thing you know so yeah like if the, the, the billy and, and peyton can't handle it then she'll come in and you know kind of they're like sort of the the, the triple h in the evolution type of thing you know like yeah he's, yeah or randy orton when he had uh cody and ted dbrc jr or whatever you know that kind of like yeah. what was that um legacy that kind of thing it's mm. like well the, the boss will get involved if he has to but he's got goons to handle that shit so <laughs> that's a hundred percent yeah yeah especially as the the aussies you know so yeah yeah well there's enough of them in there now yeah yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> could do a proper invasion like you know the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> Create a stable. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, before we move on, I feel like Aussies, maybe not just Aussies, like anyone that's not American or Canadian, they do have it a bit harder, I think, on the mm. mic because I think they need to over-exaggerate their pronunciation so the audience understands them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you're right. They, they can't boo you if they can't understand you. Yeah. yeah. So, I think so. Like Tanil, um, you'll you'll have heard her speak in interviews and whatnot, and she does sound different to how she sounded on the mic. Yeah. And um, she 
she's from Baronia. She's from in Melbourne, um, for those who know it. But um, it was around the corner from where I used to live. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a beautiful part of the world, but it's a bit rough when you're talking yeah. about the people who come <laughs> from Baronia. So, um, you know, it's not the most refined Aussie accent. Um, yeah. You know, she doesn't sound like a bogan, but she, you know, she definitely had to, like, enunciate and, you know, really speak clearly on in her promos. And you could tell that she was um, either trained or told to do that, I'm, I'm guessing, um, yeah. just so people could understand her. I think so too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even William Regal, like that, everything we've ever heard William Regal say on television, like that's not how he talks. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's him being like, well, you listen to me, sunshine. Like that's. Yeah. It's he the best. doesn't talk like that. He's, he's turned he's, it up to 10. Yeah. He's yeah. from Blackpool. He's got, he's got more of a, it's not Cockney accent, but it's. it's like working class, right? Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. not like upper crust, you know, royalty. It's just like, well, people. I'm English. So this is what Americans think English people talk like. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, so. Which, to be fair, that's kind of what the Iconics do as well. They lean into that real Oh, hard. yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, well, you know, you've got to be joking me. Like, that yeah. is that's <laughs> my the, favourite. Yeah, they leaned into that real hard. So, But if you had those two as kind of your idiot clown heels type of thing, <laughs> but then you've got the ice-cold killer as Emma with the aviator glasses and, you know, smashing people you know as a last resort type of thing i think that could really work so i think so too i think you've got something there <laughs> but that's a shame because as we know if you hear a good idea on a podcast it's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> look you'd never know i mean i think many of us didn't expect to see someone like drew mcintyre back you just never know true True. That's true. He and is a still young. brick shit house though, so that helps. True. I think she's <laughs> over at Impact at the moment, and she's uh, yeah doing some independent contract work. Um, in the truest sense of the word, though, because she's quite free, but she does a lot of traveling, and I think she's doing a um, blog and mm. YouTube series and all kinds of stuff. So I mean, it sounds like it's probably worked out for the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Mm. All right. Well. I'll go with my first choice. Yeah. Or uh, well, first on my list, at least. And I don't know how to really put this because she wasn't really a wrestler, but I think <laughs> I'm going to say underrated in the sense that they probably they could have done a, and a few companies that she was at could have done a lot more with her, and that's uh, Daphne. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> nice. Obviously with. WCW, she was sort of the the scream queen sort of yeah. gimmick they had, where she was the goth kind of weirdo with Dave Flair and yeah, uh, what was his name, Crowbar, that kind of thing, <laughs> and that that was fine. But I think once she was in TNA, she kind of took that up to eleven and really went for the sort of like they used to call her like the zombie queen and this kind of yeah, shit. And it right. was like, here's a real weirdo, like look <laughs> out, and and I just think. I don't know. I think WWE missed the boat. I think they could have really yeah. done something with her, uh, just from a character point of view. Mm. You know, like you have her involved with some of these freaks like Bray Wyatt or even Kane, or you know, these up yeah. and coming sort of tag teams that want to be a bit strange. Like what was the what were the guys from NXT? Um, that's how well they went. I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, they were like Road with, Warriors um... Light. Um, oh, uh... the um, the Vikings. No, no, they had the oh. face paint. 
Um, ah, shit. Oh, not the war experience. That was the same people, right? Yeah. Yeah. They changed their name like 50, 11 times. Yeah. Anyway, that's our, sorry, listeners. That's our. <laughs> they're going to be so frustrated. Yeah, they're, they're going to be like it. screaming the name. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just as like that, because when given the chance, she seemed to be quite good on the mic. And I remember around the whole time when, uh, what was it? Sarah Palin was a thing. Oh yeah. She yeah. had a character. Daphne had a character in TNA that was like the governor or the governess or whatever. And basically, she dressed up like Sarah Palin. So she was <laughs> kind of like you know had the the pants suit and the hair and the bun and the glasses and you know the same way like Tina Fey would kind of would, yeah would play yeah. Sarah, Sarah Palin that kind of thing. And then be that kind of like, uh, you know, boss lady gimmick of like, oh, look out! Here's the 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 woman in charge, but she's like a real bitch, and she's gonna take your jobs, and she's gonna <laughs> get rid of you know, like get rid of the wrestlers and all that kind of stuff. So it I wasn't like just oh, she just screams really loud. So I feel like Daphne sometimes gave me um, like Luna vibes. You know, do you remember Luna? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like back in the day, like. Luna was also one of those ones who um, I think she could wrestle. Like she was a legitimate wrestler, but again, no one, there was no one to wrestle, but um, she was also that person who came out. She had that really croaky, like, you know, you, I can't even do that voice cause it would break me, but she, um, she did that really croaky deep voice and she'd scream and she, she didn't mind being a bit grimy and a bit, you know, um, grungy um, as well. But yeah, she kind of, Seeing Daphne, I didn't see her as much. Oh, I saw her a little bit in TNA, but I didn't see her Sarah Palin um, shtick. But I did see her in WCW here and there. And um, I always was really captivated by her. She's just, it's um, it's a gimmick they don't do too often, I don't feel, in like with women in wrestling. Um, but when you said Bray Wyatt, I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Like something like that, pairing her up with um, a team could have worked really well for her. Well, I mean, look at what they're doing with Alexa Bliss now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's kind of the same. Kind they're of sort of there. doing a Harley Quinn thing. Yes. But, I mean, you, if you want to go, okay, they, they seem to be like, well, we want to have like kind of the horror Harley Quinn girl, but we still kind of want her to be cute and hot at yeah. the same time. So, you know, just tear her shirt a little bit. That'll be good. Uh, you know, whereas <laughs> like if you want to go full on and be like, holy shit, like you want That's the kids definitely. to be frightened of this woman, like then you go with someone like Daphne, you know. Yeah. So I think that could have been, uh, yeah, a real um, missed opportunity, I would say, I guess. So, but I'm I'm counting it as underrated just because Yeah. everyone does seem to think like, oh, she just like screamed her head off for David Flair and that was kind of it. It was like, yeah, but I think there was, you know, there was more there. And I'm, I don't know. I think if you put her in that WWE system and especially when NXT began and things like that, she could have developed and she could have been a bit more of an in-ring presence as well Yeah. Uh, with the likes of Trish Stratus and those kind of women like Lita and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, you know, play to your strengths. If she's only good with a couple of moves, well, that's all you need to do. Uh, and then, yeah, more just from a character point of view, I think. Yeah. I, was, I think that's that was more where I was coming from. I think that's a good call. I Like when you think about, like, you know, um, there's not a lot of um, females managing other females 
Um, or, I mean, there's lots of, I suppose, female managers, but they tend to now do sort of that bodyguard thing where they've got like, you know, bigger men bodyguarding, you know, some of the the smaller wrestlers or whatnot. Um, I think for someone like her, she could easily sort of accompany like another female out to the ring and sort of be that unstable, crazy, sort of like loose cannon. Well, if she was kind of that, yeah, if she was kind of that like businesswoman, almost like a female Bobby Heenan type. Oh, uh, yeah. Or Paul Heyman, that's probably better. Not necessarily Mike skills wise, but just like, well, I'm, you know, I'm taking control of this kind of thing. Yes. Uh, Yes. She could have have then women in her stable like Nia Jax and Tamina and, you know, these big powerful women who can't really talk. Can't talk, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but they're part of a stable of, of, you know, and then you have her against like, well, we're, we're going to get rid of the Barbie dolls and we're getting rid of the, you know, and, or for whatever reason, you, you target Bailey and you target Charlotte or whoever you mm. want your face to be. And then off you go. So mm. Mickey James, whoever's there, you know, you're the old guard. I'm here to get rid of you kind of thing. Or, or yeah. So yeah, nice. I That's think good. Work. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm not actually very familiar with Japanese work as I didn't watch WCW really back in the heyday. But from my understanding, I guess women weren't given the best possible chance to succeed in WCW, which is um, a yeah. shame. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just found a photo of her as a governor character, which I'll send Oh, through. I'm looking at it. You can be like, oh, that's See, this Daphne. Now, now that you're okay. showing me, this looks actually pretty familiar to me, but I don't specifically remember seeing it. I definitely remember her sort of like emo, um, like screaming gimmick for sure. Yeah. But um, but she really looks like Sarah Palin. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Yeah. And it was around that time, so you did kind of have that, um, you know, it was current. So it could yeah. almost be that character that they kind of want Stephanie McMahon to be. But yeah. then – without falling into the fact that Stephanie McMahon has to be the most over person on the show. So, you know, like no one ever gets the upper hand. She never gets her comeuppance, you know, because I'm Stephanie McMahon. Whereas you could play that out with, with this character and actually and have, the same rules. have a decent storyline or something. Yeah. You know? Imagine that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's who I went with for my first pick. But um, nice. Uh, who else did you have on yours, Mel? Uh, yeah. So um, uh, I mentioned I, I had Emma as well. We've talked about her, but um, I also had on my list Molly Holly, and again, probably someone that people know of, and people, um, you know, she's a Hall of Famer as well. So in some respects, people will question why she was um, underrated and. There was a few things I've heard about Molly Holly that really just made me sort of, it's very similar to Ivory Ware. She's not usually the first person people will mention, you know, out of that era of, of um, female wrestlers as their favourite. And I think she's overlooked a lot. But um, when Molly Holly was hired, she came in in the year 2000. So, again, just within the year that um, Ivory started. And previously she was in uh, WCW. A very similar story um, to Ivory where when she started there was still a lot of blatant sexism in wrestling and um, women were traditionally only hired for looks. And to give some context, um, Jim Ross was involved in recruiting Molly Holly and I found an interview 
um, on YouTube where he was doing a shoot on hiring Molly Holly and and I quote, <laughs> he said, um, Molly did have a different body type. She wasn't a 10, but then she was a very attractive woman, very athletic, and she could work with our younger female talents who had the look that Vince liked, the good 8 by 10s the big enhanced breast, uh, all those good things. And she was uh, going to be able to help them out. <laughs> so Stacey said this before, actually, and as she was saying it, I was thinking of Molly Holly. Because she was really, like, Molly Holly was a gorgeous woman. Mm. Um, I think she was gorgeous, but she didn't play to the same stereotype that Vince liked. Yeah. Um, you know, she she was what you would call slim thick now. <laughs> you know, she wasn't, um, she certainly wasn't fat at all, but she was, you know, she wasn't, you know, Tori Wilson again or Stacey Keebler or, or that lot you know type of woman and they were in the WWE at the time so these are the types of people she was really up against and and Stacey hit the nail on the head when she said this but you know if Vince doesn't see you as a 10 he's going to make you the sort of dorky you know plain looking um you know he's going to give you the silly gimmicks all of that kind of thing and he really did that with Molly Holly like she's the poster child for this um the thing that makes me the thing that makes me appreciate her there's a couple things but Wrestling-wise, she was super talented. And I don't know if you remember it, but she had this really cool finishing move called the Molly Go-Round. Um, yeah. And it was really different to anything I'd seen at the time because I think I, I think she created it because she couldn't do a full Hurricane Rana, but she could do the the flip from the Hurricane Rana without the twist. And so that became the Molly Go-Round, which actually looked, like, visually very fantastic. Um, but one of the, the stories that I heard about her, which really sort of changed my perspective, was um, around the women's championship match that happened at WrestleMania 20 against Victoria in 2004. Um, that match never, almost never happened. So originally Molly was told when they were booking the card that there was only going to be room for one women's match at WrestleMania 20 um, and they were planning on booking a pillow fight match over a women's championship match which is crazy. So WrestleMania, probably Tori Wilson, probably Stacey Keebler, instead yeah. of actually having a, a female women, like a women's championship match. It's egregious to think about now, but that was the era and these well, were. What, what type of pillows? Well, <laughs> obviously the ones that break the first time you hit them. Oh, well, yeah. that's a bit different then, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know the first impact and all the feathers come out yeah. straight away? Well, that's all right, yeah. The cheap ones. Yeah, they found some, like, shitty foam ones or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. It is ridiculous, though, when you say it, like, this is going to be on WrestleMania. It's like, what? WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, I, look, I know there was a lot of bra and panties matches and pillow fight matches on other things, but WrestleMania, I was like, you it's know, Molly was devastated. The name. Yeah. Like, Wrestle, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, I mean, it was 2004. That was very much the push. But, um. You know, Molly was devastated and she ended up going to Stephanie and said, you know what, if you book me, I will give you my hair. You can shave my head if you give me a match. And she literally created this scrapbook to show Stephanie and she'd, what she'd done is she'd taken a whole bunch of, like, promo pics wearing a bald cap to make it, like, to show her what she would look like and she presented, like, all these different storylines and angles that they could work if they booked her and that's how she got the match against Victoria. Like. 
the fact that she loved wrestling so much and had worked so hard and obviously wanted to showcase her talent at WrestleMania and was prepared to give up her hair <laughs> for for her her love of the sport, I think That's says great. a lot. Yeah. And it's I think big, um yeah. it's a big call. Yeah. It's a huge call. Like I would never do that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like um she I don't know, I just I feel like she was I think I feel like she was underrated because she was so overlooked by the WWE creative, all because in my view, she didn't fit their beauty standards somehow. Yeah. Um she was so talented and used to train a lot of the females as well. And yet, you know, she was sort of reduced to having pillow fight matches over her potentially. Had she not given up her hair, she would have not been booked. So I don't know. I know she's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I just think um, if she had her career now, she it would be so different oh, and yeah. she would, you know, she'd have – People would be absolutely accepting of of her um, her beauty, her looks. You know, women, female wrestlers now come in all shapes and sizes, and they're all stunning. And I think yeah. people are much more um, celebratory of different female beauty standards now. But she, um, I just think she could have had the chance to shine if she'd had a career now. I just, it's it seems a shame. Well, you know? every everything they asked her to do, she did well. Yeah. Like they brought her in and she was meant to be kind of like the country bumpkin cousin yeah. to the other Hollies. Yeah. You know? And it was Cardinal like, well, that's a, yeah. And what was the other one? Uh, Crash Holly. Crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she had that um, love interest with Spike Dudley. Aww. Yep. Yeah. They did that. Then she was like the, the superhero, or like the Mighty, Mighty Molly, Molly with the hurricane. Mighty and, Molly. And then they tried to do it with that sort of. She was the the militant bitch character, like she's like, going to have the shorter hair and be like, "You yes. women are too sexy. You shouldn't." You know, she did that to get the booze and stuff. And then, yeah, yeah, she would sort of come back and be that sort of just like out and out ass kicker. Like she for a while there, like she was kind of like the Bret Hart of the yes. women because yeah. she would turn up and be like, "I'm not here to do all this fancy shit. I'm here to wrestle. Like I'm here to wrestle, you yeah. people are shit, and I'm going to wrestle and show you what it's about, kind of thing." And that's. I remember her doing that, and I was like, "That's kind of like Bret Hart, like yeah, kind yeah. of, you know." Yeah, she um, had some really good technical skills too. She's like a highly technical wrestler. Yeah, you know she, but she was, you know, it was one of those things where I think she was before her time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and you only got to look back to when whatever year it was. It was only a few years ago when they had the, the women's Royal Rumble for the first mm. time, and all these women came back out, and it was like, "Oh shit, look, <laughs> they're wrestling the other, the current women." Who are wrestlers and look yeah. what they can do like yeah. you know because like we said they're not that old uh no. and you know she did the, the molly go around off the top row i think it was on sasha banks yeah yeah um yeah. it looked and, great and, you know yeah and so it was like yeah it was a real like bittersweet sort of moment that that thing because you were like oh they're back and it's like ah oh, look what they could have done if you yeah. just kind of yeah given them a chance but yeah it's a shame oh, well, yeah no, definitely good good pick for sure. Cool. I think Molly 100% had her place in the division, like as that kind of stuck up character. <laughs> um, you know, like it worked for her and she made a great heel. But yeah. unfortunately, um, I guess she was just given limitations and, you know, with char- with sadly women that look like her back then, Mm-hmm. And I feel awful saying this because she is 
she's actually stunning. She's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But Vince can't see that. That's um, exactly what it is. a bunch of models around. So, you know, he's given her this bar and she's not allowed to surpass it. Yeah. Because he yeah. doesn't want the, her to look better than, you know, the Trishes and stuff. And I love Trish, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, it is so disappointing. And, um, yeah, Molly is aged so incredibly gracefully. Oh, and she looks she, beautiful still. Yeah, I don't know if she's, like, had any nagging injuries, but when she did return in that rumble, she looked fantastic, as yeah. you guys mentioned. Like, she looks like she could go again for, like, a very short stint. I watched an interview with her, um, it was just done two years ago, I think, with Victoria, and she was saying, yeah, she, the way that wrestling was done back then, they took a lot less risks, um, at least for women. They took a lot less yeah. risks, and therefore, like she said, I've got no niggling injuries, I wake up every day and I feel great. That's so, good. yeah, she hasn't had any sort of, um, you know, some some wrestlers when they finish, they can barely walk. and um, But she's been pretty fortunate to have escaped a lot of that. Yeah. She's only 43. So Yeah. Yeah. She's still pretty young. Yeah. It's not like if you if you have one, like if you were to have all the, the women they have now that are all kind of like mid to late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. give or take, but if you had like one woman like Molly Holly who was like we said in her early forties, it's kind of like, ah, oh, she the you got the the older women's wrestler. But if you had a, like three or four, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like more of a gradual uh, thing, it like they do with the right? well, like yeah, well, like to do with the guys, you yeah, because yeah. you've got the young guys like um, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and these sorts of guys. But then, mm-hmm. and then you have your sort of mid-range, like Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, and mm-hmm. and, then, and then you have John Cena, and you have AJ Styles, who's yeah. you know forty-three or whatever he is, and Nakamura <laughs> and Sheamus and these guys. And it's like no one sort of goes, "Oh, they're a bit old." It's only yeah. when you know. So it's yeah. it still goes to speak volumes about um, like I think we've come a really long way with accepting female wrestlers. And, you know, as I said, in different shapes and sizes. And I think I think that's really, really great. But I think, yeah, there is still a bit of an ageist sort of element to it where I don't know how they would feel about some of the ladies who are, you know, a bit older than the roster um, coming yeah. on board. But the one good thing I think is the women that are wrestling now I think will have a much longer careers than the women that came yeah. before them because it was like, how old is yeah. she? 31, get rid of her. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. Now, like how old is Charlotte Flair? I think she's like thirty four or thirty five. Yeah. I think and she's like yeah. in her prime. So uh, yeah, you know, I think it will be different for these yeah. this generation. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's um a great example of um a figure like Molly Holly in today's product is actually Bailey. Um, yeah, I think yeah. she has a very similar figure to Molly. Um, yeah. I mean, they they look like two complete different women but can mm-hmm. you imagine if bailey was in molly's time like she just oh, wouldn't God. have yeah had a chance well and, and even when bailey came in they gave her the silly gimmick so yeah, yeah. and now she'll be the her. kids she'll be the girl for the kids you know yeah, the yeah, hugger and then with the inflatable tube men and that kind of shit it wasn't like i should just be a, a kick-ass woman like the rest of them it's like ah oh, she's like she's like a little girl who's yeah Maybe one day she'll win a title, you know. Yeah. And then now she's like full on heel, like Karen mode, you know. <laughs> like it's yeah. Yeah. The, the the manager want to talk to the manager haircut and the entitlement. 
you know, heel and, and yeah, she's she's way out. better than than that other shit, I think. So Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think Bailey has like some, most of my favorite women's matches have had Bailey in it. And yes. yeah, I think she's like a five star performer and I think Molly is too, but she just didn't get the chance to show it. Agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's it's. Uh, Steve sent me his list just before as well, and um, mm-hmm. Molly Holly is on his list. So oh, nice. So Molly can... was on mine as well. Yeah, oh, cool. I was that earlier. <laughs> no, that's okay. I took one of yours. I oh, yeah, we, we've got a few. I think a few things in common, but I, I know that we sort of grew up watching the same, the same yeah. women really during that same period yeah. of time. So we we obviously saw the same things happening. Definitely. Yeah. All right, well, what I might do is I might jump in since mm-hmm. we've sort of gone with Emma and Molly sort of doubled up there yep. uh, with you guys. And then I'll give you guys obviously a chance to, if you have, um, well, obviously, Stace, you've got one more. But Mel, if you've got yep. like a, an honourable mention or something. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll go with one of mine and I'm going to go with Maurice. Oh, uh, wow. Which... I know this is not just an excuse to talk about the Miz, but <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that if they're like they are the perfect couple in a way, because I mean, well, if if you can get over the fact that he's he is clearly punching above his weight, but character wise, uh, they were very similar. I feel he is that kind of um, you know brash sort of young good looking like you know finger on the pulse kind of character or at least believes himself to be mm-hmm. and looks down his nose a little bit at everyone else because they're not the Miz they're not awesome like me kind of thing and Maurice kind of had that as well but you were able to play it up a little bit more with her because she not only was she that that hot woman she had the thing going as well yeah. so she could kind of like curse people out in French and sound like even more of like an upper class bitch kind of thing, yeah. even though if she wasn't, it just yeah. came off that way as like, wow, this pretty girl or pretty woman is laying shit on me uh, <laughs> and thinking that she's so much better than me. Boo. I'm going to boo her, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> which let's face it, she is, but <laughs> as, a, as a wrestling crowd, the type of guys in that crowd will firstly cheer for her because of the way she looks, but then yeah. boo the shit out of her because of one, because the way she acts. And then when she talks, oh, what? She's not even American. <laughs> boo. You know, like, so I just think she had that really good all round package. And I mean, yeah. she could wrestle okay. I felt like. Yeah. I, I think it was possible for sure. Yeah. Like she wasn't, yeah. she didn't botch too many things up from memory. And again, it's like you play to your strengths. So if she, you know, she if she just if she's not good at some of the top rope stuff, or she's not the rest technical wrestler in the world, just have her talk shit a lot in the ring yeah. and, and cheat and things like that. You know, poke them in the eye, like the Roddy Piper stuff. You know, yeah, love poke them in the eye, like trip them over and twist a knee or something, and they'd be like, "Hey, ref, I'm not doing anything." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the hand movement thing, you know, where like the talk to the hand to the crowd and all that, like, yeah, see the crowd being so riled up by that. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, I, th- I think she, 
I don't think she got the recognition uh, that she probably deserves. Uh, and I was really disappointed when they did have that match with um, Miz and Maurice versus um, John Cena and Nikki Bella. Oh, yeah. So I thought, yeah. oh, cool. This will, this is like the perfect use mm. for her and Miz as the like, oh, we're the, we're the sort of it couple, you know, we're better than you. You can, you, you know, and people will boo them as a heel team. Um, but then they had the match and she didn't really get to do much at all. So, you know, whether it had just been a little bit too long out of the ring for her to be comfortable to actually do a bit more or or it was mm-hmm. all just about making Nikki look good, I don't know. But Yeah, yeah likely. Nikki was one of the favourites at the time, wasn't she? She was a bit of a golden mm. girl. Well, and considering yeah. that the whole angle was set up to for her to be married to John Cena, who is the golden god, I mean, yeah, yeah. kind of. She wasn't this really, yeah. You know, right. So, um, and like we said, as much as the the whole women's revolution kind of thing kicked off, Vince still liked to push Nikki, you know. And yeah, for some did. reason, there's a couple of reasons, but I can't think what it would. <laughs> a couple of reasons why she got more of a push than Brie. But I don't know what it is. Man. <laughs> a couple of, a couple of big reasons. Staring me in the face, so I just can't think of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I actually do think Nikki is a better wrestler than Brie. And I do find, like, I don't think either of them are great on the mic, but I found yeah. Nikki better in the ring than Brie. Mm. Yeah, I think I think so. she's a better wrestler. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, just I mean, that. better on a scale of, like, <laughs> neither of them were great. Yeah. But, like, better. Yeah. 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 But I think as well that... Uh, I mean, I don't want to go on a massive long tangent about Maurice because we are sort of running a bit out of time, but I th- I felt that when they were doing those vignettes where they were pretending to be John Cena and, and Nikki and the Miz was like, I'm oh. John Cena, these are the rules of my house and that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm Nikki. Like it was hilarious. So I thought like the Maurice, you could have done a ton of stuff like that with her. And, yeah. and like you had people cheering for them because they were just like, oh, we're sick of John Cena and we all get it. It's, you know, it's a marriage angle. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I think Maurice definitely has a place on camera because she is just mm-hmm. so charismatic. And as you said, like she, she could get by in the ring, like her work wasn't that memorable. But as a character, she was incredibly memorable. She is just one of those people that's just sort of born to be put in front of a camera. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really good to see her return um, and sort of manage Miz for a while because, um, yeah, she, she's just good at what she does. And, like, it, it will sound kind of, I don't know, you, you, you two ladies might think this sounds... <laughs> a bit might sound a bit chauvinistic or whatever, but I feel it's true. The you you the the hotter ladies or hotter women in the WWE, they do have an advantage in the fact that you I think if they're really good heels, but they're you know they're gorgeous, like like we said, like mm-hmm. Trish and, and, and Maurice and, and and whoever else you will get them, even if they're really good at being a heel, you can still quite easily get the cheers for them as well, simply because yeah. of how they look. So 
in that respect, if they can, they're already halfway there. So if then they can carry that on with a good babyface character, they could really be something special, which is what Trish managed to do. You know, so she already had the crowd on her side to a degree because of how she looked, but then she worked on her character and she was able to be a good babyface character and then switch back to heel and stuff like that. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, so someone like Maurice, you know, you could you could have done plenty of angles with her where she was, you know, all of a sudden she'd had enough with the Miz's shit or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> him to the curb or whatever or or turned heel on him and gone off with, like, John Morrison or something and then you'd be like, oh, poor Miz, you know, like, and people might actually have had a reason to make the Miz a babyface because yeah. of the... Whereas whenever he's a baby face, he's terrible. So mm-hmm. that is true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Maurice, I I pick. went with Maurice just for um, again sort of underrated wasted potential. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Cool. All right. Um, so Stacy, who else did you have? You had Emma and Molly Holly, I think. Yep. Uh, so my third pick. Um, and it was actually the first person that came to mind when I was thinking of underrated women in the company. And I did hesitate on it a little bit because I'm like, <laughs> is she underrated? Because she's very well appreciated by the fans, I feel. But there are other reasons why I feel she's underrated, therefore made my list. And that is Naomi. Yes. Oh, um, she got an honourable mention for me. Yes. So Naomi is one of the most athletically gifted women ever to mm-hmm. grace a WWE ring, in my opinion. Like she's incredibly gifted. Um, when she moves in the ring, she moves very, very fluently. Um, and you can really see like her dance background. She's mm-hmm. very elegant. Um, like people say, like Wonder Woman's an elegant fighter. I feel mm. that's how Naomi is as a wrestler. Yeah. And um, yeah, the reason why I think she's incredibly underrated is because she, for some reason she's not in the conversation with such wrestlers as Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, mm-hmm. Bailey, etc. Like these are all her peers. She's been around as long as them, if not maybe a bit longer. Um, but for some reason, she's never sort of seen or booked as a serious threat. Mm-hmm. Um, she's oftentimes delegated to shitty dance segments or just filler matches. Um, yeah, that that's why I feel she's incredibly underrated. Like she has, yeah. I think, all the makings to be a great champion. And obviously she has been before, I believe. Um, but... Yeah, like this is we're we're living in a moment right now where women are like main eventing WrestleMania and they're really getting like the best possible opportunity to shine. And yeah. I don't understand why Naomi is kind of getting left behind in this. I mean, yeah. when she returned at the Royal Rumble, she got a massive pop, and yeah. I think that video sort of went viral on Twitter. And people who didn't follow wrestling saw it and they were like, who is this, like, amazing woman? Like, she's yeah. just – That was when she cap- had a natural hair, right? Yeah. Like, and she's awesome. just captivating to watch, Yeah, you know, and she captured people's attention who don't watch wrestling. So yeah. why didn't they do anything with that? It's just mind-boggling. 
arguably got one of the best um, gimmicks at the moment with her Feel the Glow stuff. Yeah. Like, that is, like, one of the coolest entrances I think I've ever seen for a female wrestler to come out to where everything's, like, pitch black and she's just glowing in the dark. Like, yeah. that is that is so cool. And yet, you know, I fully agree with what you've said. Like, I didn't put her in my full list because, you know, for me, I'm, like, there's probably others that I, I personally put over, but it was really, it was really hard. Um, and it was between her and Emma <laughs> as yeah. to who I was going to put in. But yeah, Naomi, I think, yeah, you're right. She's got all of these peers who I, and I think you're right. I think she has been in there for longer than a lot of them. And yet she continues to not really be pushed or not be put into meaningful storylines or, you know, or, or meaningful feuds, you know, um, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why they've done it that way. Yeah. It's yeah. so disappointing too because, um, like, in the Royal Rumble, they're kind of um, treating her as, like, Kofi where, like, she just does a really fun, exciting yeah. spots in the match where she does something creative to, like, get back into the ring or something. And, yeah, yeah. it's entertaining, but that's all she does. In yeah. It. And it's just like, ah. Oh. It's yeah. frustrating. Really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, she's that's more a of a gimmick point. than than anything else. It's, yeah. Though that's the way she's booked. It's like, oh, yeah, here she comes. She'll, like you said, she'll do the Kofi thing. It's like, mm-hmm. can't she do her own thing? Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I feel yeah. like if they got out of her way, she could do so much more. Yeah, well, I remember when she came, because she used to come out with, I can't remember the other girl's name. Was it Cameron? Oh, the Funkadactyls? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They would come out and I remember they, you know, do the dance thing with the pom-poms and you're like, oh, yeah, all right. And then every now and then they, they started getting involved in the match and it was like she was doing like the big, um, I don't know what you call it, like scissor kick type thing, yeah, jump, over, yeah. jump over yeah. the top of them, whatever it is, you know, and it was like, holy shit. Like, you know, and then it was like, all right, the Funkadactyls are in a match with so – I was like, oh, Christ, here we go. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit, all right, okay, I see now. Like, she, like <laughs> that's not just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, but after, you know, like we said, after years of just, oh, the, now you're going to get Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler as a t- in a team in a match, you'll be like, oh, all right. Um, that's what, you know, after years of that, that's kind of what I was expecting. And then, yeah. like, Cameron, not real great, but, no. <laughs> you know, now it was like, holy shit, like, she's jumping around the place and doing flips and kicks. And I was like, oh, shit, she's, like, proper, like, athletic cheerleader, not just, like, the cheerleaders here where they just stand there and go, yay, and that's yeah. it. Like, they're doing flips and routines and, yeah, she's super athletic. So Super athletic, mm. yeah. Yeah, and once they started all that glow stuff, I thought, oh, here we go. She's going to be, like, that's very marketable. You can sell lots of glow things. You know, yeah. Like, she used to do it. Jeff Hardy's done it for years, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I don't know whether it's an injury thing or just who knows. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a I, shame. I thought hmm. they were really going to give her a push when they broke up the Funkadactyls and sort of gave Naomi her own um gimmick to sort of you know with the with I think they did something before they did feel the glow but um you know I thought oh here we go then <laughs> she's finally gonna get a push and it just uh never really seemed to happen or maybe you know she'd get a couple of weeks where she'd get a few matches here and there and or maybe a, they'll throw her a small storyline but it never really took off and it's yeah. um yeah it's it's a really good call she's definitely underrated definitely yeah. underrated 
I think so too. And even if you don't want to push her as a singles competitor, like the tag division's really struggling right now. We really need some more credible women's tag teams. And hear me out. Like, (laughs) I'm not just saying this because they're both women of colour, but I think Naomi and Ember Moon would be unreal tag teams. Yes. I think they'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think they would complement each other so well in the ring. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And, but I think they've both got similar a similar style about them and yeah. um, similar levels of athleticism. Yeah. So in terms of, like, being able to sort of be equals in a tag team and not one person carrying the other, yeah. I think that that would be a really great pairing too. They have yeah. similar kind of builds as well. Yeah. Like, they're not – like, it's not like, oh, she's the tall one and she's – like, you know, look yeah. at the Iconics. Like, Billy is kind of the taller – that's right. Stronger one, and Peyton is sort of the you know the the more I don't know what the word is like Dangerous. delicate one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, but she's the sneaky one, you know. So yeah. like yeah, it's like um, you know so, and things like that. Whereas and then you have like at the moment they were sort of doing the thing with Lana and, and Natty, and it's like well Natty's the the capable wrestler, and Lana's just kind of the wannabe. It's like whereas. Yeah, uh, Naomi and Ember Moon would be like, here's two women that can wrestle and uh, sort of equal partners in a tag team. It's, you yeah. Know, it's the same as if they were, um, you know, anyone else. It's not like, oh, it's, it's you know, Bret Hart and, and Neidhart. It's they're both kind of the same size and they both wrestle and, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's not, oh, you got the, the big man and the, a little guy and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's and that would work too. You could have all the, like, their cross crossover potential for marketing and, and, and gimmicks and stuff would work too because Ember mm. Moon has that sort of werewolf chick thing happening with the yeah. contacts and mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to add a bit of glow to that. Yeah. So, you know. That's, yeah, that's there'd true. It'd be the... The neon vamp, the neon vampires, or when the the neon yeah. werewolves or some shit, you know, like it would it would work. So. Yeah, mm. I think they'd bring like a lot of excitement to the division, but you know, it's not going to happen because Vince <laughs> doesn't want idea. excitement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, like we said, I'll let you round out the show at the end, Mel, with um, if you've got mm-hmm. uh, another a final. Pick. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with Mickey James, um, nice. which is probably a weird call for a lot of people, considering you know she's she's been seemingly been around forever, mm-hmm. seemingly done it all. But I still don't ever remember her really being like that number one star mm-hmm. that she could have been. Uh, and again, seemed to be good at kind of whatever they asked her to do. Uh, brought her in as the sort of Trish Stratus stalker character who you sort of had to wait for months and months and months for the turn to happen, which we all knew was going to happen, which is fine because that's the story they were telling. But, I mean, that match at WrestleMania, I think up until the whole, like, women's revolution thing, like that match with Mickey and, and Trish was easily the best women's match to have ever been at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. Until oh, now, sure. where you have Becky and Sasha and and Charlotte and stuff, but up until yeah. what three or four years ago, I would, I you know, I had I did a one of the very first things I ever did for the Steel Cage actually was an article on the website where 
we said, okay, if you were to put your WrestleMania together of all the matches of all the people, but you can only use people once, you can only use titles once, things like that. So you can't have, for instance, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant and then also um, uh, the, the Rock and Stone Cold because mm. you can't have two WWF title matches. So it was like yeah. that kind of restriction type of thing. Um, and the women's match I put on was the Trish and Mickey James match um, because it's just a good solid match. And I think, yeah, much like um, Molly Holly, for some reason that she doesn't seem to have ever gotten that push in the way that Trish did when mm. she was a better wrestler than Trish. Um, yeah, she in, was. And... I don't see how she wasn't as, I mean, maybe not as charismatic, but, I mean, once Trish left, I don't see how Mickey James didn't sort of just take over and become kind of the next big thing. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. Again, backstage mm. stuff, maybe, I don't know. But And when they brought her oh, back yeah. to NXT, I think that sort of gave a lot of, when she had that one-off match with, um, with Asuka, I think that sort of gave validation to a lot of people. It was like, yeah, see, like... Where's she been for five years? I know she went to TNA, but like, yeah, why'd you let her go? It's it's it seems crazy to me. And then even, loss. even now she's having good matches. So yeah, but they're yeah. still kind of underutilizing her because why are we not just getting like a a, a Sasha Banks or a Bailey and Mickey James feud or you know the, instead of sort of almost the same same that we've had for a while now. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. I think one very important thing to note from that match against Trish at WrestleMania is that Mickey was so over in that match that the crowd turned against Trish. They did, yeah. Her face at yep. the time. And, yep. like, Trish was a hell of a face as well. So for the crowd to turn against her, like, that really um, speaks a, real, a lot. Like, rock to, Hogan. Moment. Yeah, it's like, like, hang on a lot to Mickey's star power <laughs> at the time, and they just, yeah, like she won, but they didn't really run with it the way they should have onward from that. Mm. And then, mm. like you said earlier, they kind of, I, I didn't jump in, and because when you're talking about the whole like um, lay cool and the piggy James stuff and things like that, I, I didn't jump in because I knew that I would <laughs> bring it up later, but. Yeah, that they even like my friends and I were watching that. We're like, what? Like that is weird. Like, you know, like we said, we know that they're meant to be over exaggerating the whole fact, and and like, but yeah, that just seemed really weird to 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 be like, oh yeah, we're gonna sort of lay shit on Mickey James because she's fat. It's like, yeah, <laughs> what universe? So. That's right. It's messed up. And it wasn't done, and it doesn't wasn't done obviously enough to be like, oh yeah, but the idea is she isn't, and it's just these two other women being bitches. Yep. It's like no, no, that's just the gimmick they're doing. It's like oh, okay, like you would have backstage like vignettes and and scenes and stuff where Mickey James is like, oh, you know, I've got to lose weight and I've got to get fit, and it's like, what? All right, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's yeah, very distasteful. Weird but, yeah, yeah I, I don't see where Mickey James, like, falls down in any of the criteria that you, like we said before, if you were going to, 
you know, get the magic cauldron out and be like, create a female wrestler. Like, <laughs> okay, we got this one. It's Mickey James. All right, tick off all the criteria. Well, I'm not finding a fault. So yeah, that's a good point. Like, she's quite well rounded. Like she's good on the mic. She good. Uh, she was gorgeous and a really skilled wrestler. So it's one of those things once again where it doesn't really make sense. Mm. Yeah. And could be heel or face. Yes. And different yes. types of heels too. Yeah, she was versatile for sure. Like she had that psycho um, single white female gimmick <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Where like she's, I'm, look, I'm like the Nutrish Stratus and isn't it creepy? Yeah, kind of. Um, and then, but she would then be different where she came back for a bit there and she was the heel of like, oh, you girls don't know what you're doing. Like I knocked open the doors for you kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, it's, but, uh, people want to cheer her because I think just because yeah. of, it's like a familiar face. And also I think people realize like, yeah, she should be a bigger star. So, yeah. And again, she's not that old. No, she's not. Uh, like, I think she's like 40 or 41. Yeah. And 41's yeah. not old. 41's prime. I'm telling you. No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we're still like accepting Undertaker matches yeah. at exactly his right. age, then Mickey Goldberg. can still go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair was like sixty-six or something when he stopped. And so, um, I mean, he was well past his use-by date, but <laughs> that's right. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't a fresh sixty-six-year-old. Well, you're not going to get a well. I mean, he had Mueller and. And and yeah. Mae Young, but that was like a five minute thing. That but was a gimmick. Yeah. You're not gonna get like two fifty year old women main eventing raw. No. You know, whereas like how many times did we have Hogan Flair and and and, and even now like Triple H, Too Shawn many. Michaels, you know, Undertaker, yeah. Undertaker Kane, Triple H, Undertaker, yeah. It's the same people we've grown up with even now. Like it's um yeah, it's I don't know. Every time I see Undertaker with another another match, I'm like, is he still at it? Yeah. Like, I always think that his last match is his last match ever, and it never is. So <laughs> makes me respect someone like I. Uh, we've spoken about it on the show before, where I was never a huge fan of his at the time, but it makes me respect someone like Steve Austin all the more. Yes. No like I know he had a hundred injuries, but he's like. I'm not going to hang around until I'm 55 and just do punch, punch, kick, kick, stunner, and yeah. that's it. I'm 39 and I'm out. Yeah. Like he was 39 at the last, I think, 38 yeah. or 39 at his last match with the Rock. You go out and you prime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Make all the money you want, guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was 55 years old and they were like, we're going to put you through a table for the next two years. I'll be like, for a million dollars. I'll be like, sure, sure. let's do it. <laughs> But in a perfect world where you'd be like, I have artistic integrity, um, yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. If you've made your money, like Steve Austin, uh, it, you know, whereas that, and that's the thing with some of these older wrestlers where they weren't looked after in their prime and they didn't have the safeguards and the things like that they do now. So, so and Ric Flair, obviously, with his 700 wives. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know it, it's it, it's different. So um, that's right. But yeah, it's it's yeah. I that, that's I had to go for Mickey James just because again a bit like Maurice, like she got her due, but not as much as I think she should have. So. Yeah, 
yeah, that's yeah. a good call. Cool. All right. Well, um, before we get out of here, because we had a couple of double ups, Mel, did you have anyone else you wanted to mention just as a I, as a, an honorable call? I have a quick honorable mention, and I say quick because I didn't write extensive notes um, for her, but I I will I would like to mention Gail Kim. Yep. Um, and and I think Gail Kim was one of those interesting ones where she's a, a powerhouse and she's she's again stunning, one of one of the most be, like the solid wrestlers I think I've seen in a long time. You know, when I first saw her, I was blown away by her, and and she's had success in TNA and you know other um, promotions since. But WWE really misused her um, to the point where they gave her two contracts. So I think she was with them uh, from 2002-ish for a couple of years, so 2004, and then she left for TNA, and then she came back to the WWE in 2008 or so um, for three years. So she's done two separate stints, and both times I just don't think they know what to do with her Um it just seems like a case of, you know, they could they could have done a lot of things with her because I don't remember her being bad on the mic, um, but I, I don't know how yeah. much mic time they gave her in hindsight. I think she suffered a little bit from being kind of a great all-rounder but not particularly fantastic at any one thing. So yeah. she was good in the ring but not outstanding. She yeah. was decent on the mic but not outstanding. And from a Vince McMahon point of view, she's very attractive, but she's not, you know, the Vince's standard playgirl, play, playboy girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. Tori Wilson level. Like you said, she's not a 10, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure she is to a lot of people, don't get me wrong, but in the scale of WWE 10s, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you saw her on the street, you'd be like, wow, you know, but. Yeah. And Vince yeah. does tend to like the the white blondes a lot exactly. more than yeah. like let's call it for what it is. Yeah. Um. But I mean, look back in two thousand two when she she was around, she was far and above more skilled than a lot of the females on the roster at that time because it was still kind of early days for women's wrestling, and she did have something to offer. I think at that time, but I think I think um Gail Kim probably, uh, I, I think a lot of women probably caught up to her in terms of um, skill. And so when they maybe brought her back, it was probably a case of maybe her not being, um, that gap wasn't there anymore. So it wasn't like she was outstanding at the time. But I yeah, just she doesn't I just look as always, good as she used to in the yeah, and stuff compared to the others. Yeah, That's yeah. right. I think, I think a lot of, you know, the women's revolution sort of happened around that time where they started hiring women who could wrestle or training women to wrestle. And the the skill level there probably had had at least gotten to the same point if not better in some cases and mm. i know she's had a lot of success in tna and um i think even was wrestling till a couple of years ago but um i don't know i always just felt like it was a bit of a missed opportunity for the for the wwe i feel like um you know especially at the time where a lot of the wrestlers were just white women um you know yeah. she was she was a great representation for you know a bit more of a diverse um character because they certainly were lacking that at the time yeah i think and, she's quite um uh what's the word i think she's quite outspoken as well 
which yeah. is a good thing in life, but it's not necessarily a good thing in WWE. In WWE, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anywhere yeah, else it'd they... be like, good for her. She sticks up for herself. She didn't take any shit, you know. Yeah. Whereas in WWE, they're like, listen, Missy, we'll tell you how it works, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So. Yeah, and I think she she may have burnt some bridges on mm. the, the second way. Because I think when she left the second time, she was in a Royal Rumble. Was it? I think it might have been the Royal Rumble. And um, she was instructed to get eliminated from the match in the first minute. So she just decided she was going to eliminate herself. So, And I think that would have really um, <laughs> pissed off yeah. um, Vincent and creative going, like, what are you doing? She certainly mm. didn't last long after that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just one of those ones, as I said, probably not, certainly not in my top three or probably not even my top four, to be honest. But um, but I just thought worth worth an honourable mention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, another one uh, on Steve's list as well. Oh, cool. He yeah. had uh, Molly, Holly, Gail, Kim and Victoria, which... I had Victoria's on mine too. Yeah, I can't <laughs> argue with any of those. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I started with a list of seven. The only other one I haven't mentioned is Natalia, but I kind mm. of... I'm on the fence. I, I, she's had a, I, yeah, I honestly feel that she's overrated. Um, yeah. Because I don't... I think it's if she wasn't who she is... If she was just Natalia Smith, <laughs> I don't think she would have been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Um, I, I could be I wrong. There's probably yeah, no, people thinking think like, unfair. "Hey, you know." I don't. I don't but, think that's unfair. But I think, um, I think, given that they have decided to still keep her on the roster and make room for her, like I, f- I don't tune into WWE enough these days to talk in depth about Natalia, which is why I didn't intentionally put her on my list, but here we are. Yeah. Um, but I, I, every time I tune in, I see Natalia and I see her jobbing to the new girls mm-hmm. every yeah. time. And I'm like, so, and I know she's got a lot to do with training the new girls. And so they put her in there because um, I'm sure that for the, the new talent, they probably have a sense of comfortability um, wrestling with Natalia. So it's probably to sort of break them in. But I also just feel like, you know, you've given her so many championship belts over the years and you have, you know, they have given her a lot of chances to your point, Greg, um, and maybe too many chances, but then to have someone that's been so praised in one sense, but also jobbing to every new person in the other sense, like mm. at, at a point you're actually not putting over the new talent. You're just mm. making yourself look bad so yep. I don't know I I feel a bit conflicted with her but I had I had seven in total that I was working with and I think I've mentioned <laughs> them all now so <laughs> well uh for anyone keeping score at home our top threes uh Mel you had Ivory yeah and then you also had Emma along with Stacy mm-hmm. uh I had Daphne and uh Maurice mm-hmm. and then again you guys doubled up with Molly Holly uh, I went for Mickey James and Stacey went with Naomi. And then, of course, um, the honourable mention goes to Gail Kim, uh, who was on Steve's list, along with Victoria and also Molly Holly. So there you go. Um, nice. I was going to pick Molly Holly as well, and but, again, it was a bit of a Roddy Piper situation where I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone is going to have uh, Molly down. So that's where I um, I sort of dug a bit deeper and was like oh Daphne that's right yeah, yeah nice one so, but yeah so I mean um 
That's our Aussie top three for underrated female performers from the world of wrestling and or sports entertainment. Uh, but yeah, um, before we do get out of here, a reminder to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Greg T13. Stacey is at Little Sherby and Melissa is at Holy Batgirl. And for once, Stace, you are not the only person without a number in your Twitter handle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could also follow our account at Aussie Top 3. And as always, all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. Uh, thanks again, Mel, for joining us again. Obviously, we will have you back. But, yeah, another <laughs> great show. Thanks for having me. And, uh, Stace, what do you think? Uh, of having a show without a Chris Benoit reference. Uh, look, it, it it doesn't feel natural, <laughs> but I could get used to it. All but right. we, we do miss you, Steve, and look forward to seeing you on the next one. We do. Come back, Stinger. <laughs> we need you. Uh, you're our only hope. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, well, this has been Episode 12 of Aussie Top 3, and until next time, we'll see you next time.